You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Just saw this hot off the press. It's kind of tough. You know you're having a tough day when you're in a battle to prove that you're alive, right? And a uh, New Jersey woman, uh, <clears throat> she's doing that. She was marked as deceased by the government, uh, Samantha. She's 25 years old. Started having trouble with the Internal Revenue Service. Imagine that. I mean, hey. <laughs> Started listing her as deceased. It was because her mother passed away in 2014. She believes the government agency got her and her mother confused. No way. Come on. Despite they, they did not share a surname. So she was talking to the news. And uh, she's a summer camp counselor. She said, you know, life is short. You never know when it's going to end. That's a good that's a good thing to know. But the IRS said it actually ended seven years ago for her. It's a ridiculous situation. It doesn't just affect her. It's also a nightmare for her father, who can't list her as a dependent on his tax returns because, well, she's deceased. So now, now you see where the seriousness of it comes in. That We certainly wish you the best, Samantha. Uh, and, and we hope that somebody will maybe come to the door and see that, yes, Samantha, there you are. Well, you, you look alive to me, right? Yeah. That's the worst. Well, really. The sound of life. Um, I'm not making this up. You know, we had one billionaire go into space already, Richard Branson, right? So that was a big deal. He was having a lot of fun. The next one in line is Jeff Bezos, scheduled for tomorrow. His uh, New Shepard, it's called, will launch into space. And um, there's a seat there that sold for $28 million. Well, it was auctioned off for $28 million. And the guy can't make it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, um, I man, he must have. That must be an important tennis date right there. But uh, an 18-year-old physics student is going to take the place of the $28 million auction winner who is now too busy to fly into space with Jeff Bezos. Uh, they don't know how much he paid for the ticket, but uh, he bagged a seat on board the flight. Uh, his dad was one of the runners up in the auction to join the flight. but uh, So he's, he's going to be going. He'll be the youngest person ever to fly in space by the way but i just thought i mean that's cool I, I feel good for him maybe that maybe maybe that was providence you know divine working it all out and everything i don't know but you know if you you got a seat on the did he just chicken out or did it is like man you know what <laughs> I I really got to hit the gym that day. I don't know. I am so shooketh. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. I was looking at a, a blog that I get. It was an unusual. Um, it, it's about women and women's issues and things. And this particular one happens to be all about anxiety. And different women are weighing in on their particular experiences and what they do and um what's her name Brittany? she said uh, you know i created an emergency kit for when i'm feeling down and here's what's in it now she is so close she's just so close she's on to the right idea and i, I she could just like to go in there and just say listen okay she said, on my worst days, I really need to be reminded of how much I am loved. Oh, there is no doubt about that. Absolutely not. So she's got a thing that's in case of emergency. Open this up. She actually wrote a letter to herself telling herself how much she loved herself. I mean, if I got that right, okay. Um, and, and, and then the list of people who love me and whom I can rely on supportive love notes from those people that was, and that's in part of her kit. And I thought, boy, Brittany, you are so close right on it because you're right. There is one that does love you unconditionally, no matter what, he will never unlove you. You'll never disappoint you. And that's the one that created you and you have a creator and he loves you so much that he sent his son 
to make a way, sent his son to the earth, okay, out of the spiritual realm to the earth to make a way that you can be with your creator in a place so wild and so colorful and beautiful, it blows everything away here. It's amazing. And of course, I'm talking about God and his son, Jesus, and God likes you as much as he likes Jesus. That's a truth. That's something that's, I like to have that on my my shirt so people would know. Don't you want, you want everybody to know God likes you as much as he likes Jesus. Absolute truth. Walk in love and speak in love, not by trying to love, but by remembering how completely and unconditionally you are loved. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. Maybe the way to cope is the latest trend from the pandemic. It also happens to be the easiest trend of the pandemic. Basically, just dump out all your photos on social media like a hoarding grandma. <laughs> That's it. I mean, some pandemic trends are complicated, like the sourdough bread. No, no, no. Now here's one that requires next to no work. It's kind of fun. Gives you a glimpse into others' lives, whether they're glamorous and exotic or homey and natural. Yes, it's aren't we all homey and natural, really? I mean, come on. Let's just face it, right? It's called the photo dump. What in the world is the photo dump? It's simply when someone takes a bunch of usually unrelated photographs, puts them, would be mine, puts them up on social media, Instagram, although Facebook could also work. Uh, it's like dumping a box of random print photos on the floor. Remembering this day or that big event, you know, maybe not sweating if a photo is perfectly framed or filtered. Maybe because, I mean, you know, some famous people have done photo dumps and, <laughs> and well, you know, famous people, they got the famous name. You know who I'm talking about there. You'll never, I've never believed that their images are, aren't filtered to within an inch of their lives. No, 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 they are, but yours are not. Okay. So they're not a new, it's not a new concept by any means. Um, Facebook has long had photo albums that users stuff with high school memories, wedding snapshots, cute cat photos, and the like, and uh, those of us who predate these internet times still have bookshelf stuff with poorly curated albums. I'm laughing at myself because, boy, how did they know that? Uh, that served as a 3D photo dump long before most of today's Instagrammers were even born. Don't ask me how I know. Oh, you know how I know. So sometimes photo dumps have themes, a child's third birthday party, wedding Photos themselves fall kind of randomly. Hey, here's a multi-generation dance at the reception. And now back to the vows. <laughs> here's an Easter basket shot. And now here we are at Thanksgiving. Usually the images aren't captioned, so you may have to guess at who's who and what's what, which really isn't the point anyway. Okay, it's not the point. Um, just just go ahead and, and do it. All right, so there you go. There's the latest idea, uh, not really from Cup of Joe Morning Show, but you found out it through Cup of Joe Morning Show. Waking up with a cup of Joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Let me just preface this little uh, kind of devotional story here from Lena Abby Jamra. Little power moment for you this morning by saying I'm way past finding hair in the hairbrush. I am to the point where I use shampoo at the rate of, well, let's just say I can use that motel sample for a couple of months. You know, it's no, and I'm, and, and maybe even more because I'm still using it. It's pretty amazing. But Lena says every couple of days I notice my hairbrush needs cleaning. And the amount of hair I remove from that brush is mind boggling. Where does all that hair come from? And yet, it keeps growing back on my head somehow. Well, good for you, Lena. God, I hope it continues to do that. Have you ever wondered how crazy some things in life are and wondered why? Of course you have. When it comes to hair, it would be impossible for us to count the hair on our heads if we tried, which makes the words of Jesus even more stunning. And it is interesting that he picked that, right? He just happened to pick that. Are we not too... No, way. let me back it up. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, Jesus said, and not one of them 
will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Wow, you are more valuable than the sparrows. You don't ever need to fear. God knows you so well, not even a hair on your head will go missing without his knowing exactly where it went. My case, he's been busy lately, maybe yours too. He knows you so well, but seriously, I mean, he knows you so well, and God still loves you so much. That's what's amazing. Amazing grace, our amazing God. Wow, maybe there's a time you feel forgotten by God. Maybe it's right now. Maybe it's coming up. Um, knowing that God knows the number of hairs on your head should encourage you to run towards him even in your fears, all right? Okay. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Anniversary of the moon landing. Now they took off on the 16th of July, the Apollo 11, and they actually stepped out on the moon's surface. Imagine drawing those straws. There's three crew members and Buzz Aldrin has to stay back in the module because the plan is, I mean, the lunar landing module, two people go in, he stayed back in the, in the main ship, sort of. Right. Imagine being that person looking down on it. You know, I mean, this is like, oh, I don't know. One of the most historic events ever in human history, you know, stepping foot outside the earth on another planet, if you will. I mean, it's the moon. You know, nobody had ever done it before. We'd always looked at the moon for thousands of years and been, you know, tides controlled by it and wondered. That's oh, really kind of cool, actually. We thought it was, those of us who got to see it and all that. Back in 1969, I remember being down in the basement of our house because that's where it was cool. We didn't have any air conditioning kids back in those days. That's right. And uh, so we were watching a little black and white television. But the whole world was watching. And it was incredible. And it was so incredible that people have actually said, nah, nah, they faked it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Me. The thing that's so, you know what's incredible about this whole thing? They plan the trajectory, all that's to think about it, all that's entailed that the rocket takes off and this thing takes off and they get to the moon and they circle the moon using its gravity. And then they have another craft that goes down. Now this got to get back up there and all this. They plan that entire thing with a slide rule, a piece of paper and a pencil. Excellent. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. I'm the Joe part of that. I wanted to share just a real quick little post from a single mom of three children. Her children are becoming teenagers. <laughs> I mean, there's not anybody on the planet that hasn't been on this radio station that is basically like dr dobson said just love them <laughs> just get through the teen years and you'll be okay but she said we had a really hard day one of the worst i'm not here to pretend i have a perfect life i i want to be authentic parenting in 2021 is extremely difficult Teenagers will test you and shock you, and bouncing back from a pandemic in which church and sports were canceled is harder than I ever imagined. I wish it was as easy as hitting the pause on your Netflix show and then resuming from where you left off. Nope. It's more like starting a new series from scratch and learning all the new characters. Well, these are my characters. She posted a picture of the three there. They are forever changed, and I am now learning how. What she did was, she said, I took away all the social media and phones this weekend. After 48 hours, I feel my characters were becoming closer to what I remember they were designed to be. We rode bikes. We laid on the beach. We made art. We fought. We made up. We laughed. By Sunday, we were all smiles. If you're struggling to get back to your old self, I get you. It's okay to not be okay. We will never be our old selves. We are new characters finding a way to be better together. So how are you doing? Like, really? The sound of life. A big day today in history. Well, Jeff Bezos, he's going to be the second billionaire to go into space with a couple of people. That's his crew. He's carrying a, a woman. Uh, I forgot how old she is now. 
She was uh, one, uh, one of the first women, or maybe the first woman on the NASA team. She never made it into space. So they're going to, the, the schedule to blast off and uh, go up into space for a few minutes and come back, right? Uh, we, uh, Neil Armstrong, today is the day in 1969 that Neil Armstrong came down the steps and landed on the moon. I mean, you know, he put his feet on the moon. They had landed the lunar module. They had a lot of things they had to take care of before they stepped out on the surface of the moon. And uh, it was it was quite a big deal, and I distinctly remember it. Walter Cronkite, of course, he was our Mr. News guy, and he was uh, visibly emotional about it. I mean, he never got emotional about anything. The stories he covered were phenomenal. And here he was. I mean, he had to take his glasses off. I, and people thought he was going to just, like, break down. It was a big deal, man. It, it was it was amazing. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Let me know if this is the right scenario, okay, with your 14-year-old daughter. Oh, my gosh, Mom, you told me that 10 times already. <laughs> rolling the eyes, too. You couldn't see that. But I was rolling my eyes. Mom is like going, what's the secret for teaching your teenager respect? How do you earn respect, right? You got to earn respect. How do you do that? Demanding respect doesn't work. If you're thinking that, you're right about that. Reminding teens that you've already taught them respect? Nope. Want to know how to teach your teenager to respect? <laughs> just just nod that, that tired head of yours. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> By respecting your teenager. That's how you do it. What they receive, they will get back. And, and how do you show them respect when it feels like they haven't earned it? Well, there's five small yet practical ways to begin. And your teenager is not going to hate them. Now, first of all, I'll give you a hint. My tweet in a moment will be, do you want to know how to teach? Excuse me. Yes. Do you want to know how to teach your teenager respect? It's by respecting your teenager. I want to post these for you, but I'm going to go over each one. Knock before entering. Ask her opinion and then take it. Not all the time. Just, I'll tell you that right away. Okay. Let him manage his bedtime and wake-up times. Ooh, somebody's going to be tired. Okay. Give her a longer window to do her chores. Wow. All right. And one more. Give him a privilege the younger siblings don't get. Ooh. Gradually treating your teen more like an adult will show him that you respect his age and status in the family. It's five little things. It's from imom.com. And I will post it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook pages for you. Prepare to be <laughs> astonished. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. Very proud of a team in the Olympics. Um, very proud of all those people, really. Their starts, opening ceremony is this Friday in Tokyo. I'm praying that they pull it off. Okay, a lot of ups and downs, as you've probably noticed, have been in the news lately. Something I did not expect was the wearing of shorts by a women's volleyball team. Ever turned that on? Been that way for a while. Women, you may have turned it on and seen them playing and gone, look how skimpy those outfits are, you know? Not realizing that the women in those outfits may be thinking the very same thing and may be very uncomfortable wearing them. And the Norwegian women's team decided, we're not comfortable with these, are we? It, she said it was very spontaneous. And the thing that uh, is kind of, it, it's comical, but it shows you where rules sometimes, you, what's so hard about changing a rule? I mean, and what they did was they said, we're going to wear these shorts. Wow. I love that. I love that decision that they made. And that just really shows you they're stepping out. And they got fined for it. They're fined for wearing, for being more modest. Wow-wee. Because the rules in the official European handball, they call it, uh, you know, guidebook says that the women's 
uh, bottoms can't be more than 10 centimeters long. What? <laughs> in, in, in the crazy thing is the men's regulations, they shorts have to be not too baggy. I'm quoting should be 10 centimeters above the kneecap. Whoa. Wow. And they said, they openly said the women on the, um, Norwegian team said they felt threatened by it and, uh, you know, and they wanted to take stand. They said they're not the only ones that feel that way. So we're doing it. They said uh, a, a lot of teams can't afford to pay the fines. It was $177 per teammate and probably per game, but they didn't go that far. And people cheered them on uh, for going in front of several teams and taking the brunt, as they put it, taking the brunt. Sometimes to do what's right, you just have to take the brunt, don't you? You do. Go, girl. Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Maybe you're having a day like this where everybody else's life looks better than yours. And, of course, we're living in an age of technology where we see everybody else's life. Right? And, of course, it looks better than ours. <laughs> kind of in that lately. You know, it's kind of, it is. We're all guilty of thinking at some time or another that everybody else's life is better than ours. You know, their vacations have better views. As Lena Abby Jammer says, their dating lives exceed ours. Oh, boy. You know, everyone's job pays more than yours. It's easy to feel disillusioned and empty when your focus is on what everyone else has and what we want. There's a guy in the Bible named Peter. He was pretty close to Jesus, and he once looked over at his buddy, and he turned to Jesus and asked the inevitable question, what about him? And his question came right after an awesome encounter between him and Jesus. And Jesus had just restored Peter from failure uh, back into mission. And the last thing that should have been on Peter's mind was everybody else, but he couldn't help himself. And really, neither can we, right? Just like us. Amazing. It's easy. It's easy to let envy creep in. And assume others are getting a better deal than we are. Jesus didn't coddle Peter, as Lena said, either. He looked straight at Peter and said, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, Jesus said, stop worrying about everybody else. Focus your eyes on me. Focus on me. That's like the key to everything, isn't it? <laughs> everything, right? And as Lena Abby Jammer says for you this morning, the only way to become free of envy and discontent is to fix your eyes on Jesus. When you become satisfied in him, everything else and everyone else really fades into the background. Hope that's helping you out today. And so does Lena. She does like a moment every day. Lena Abby Jamry connect on social media. It's really pretty cool, right? So thinking about today, how we can cultivate a relationship with Jesus so that, well, really everyone else becomes secondary. Oh, yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I'm kind of got a smile on my face because I was thinking about the barber that decided they wanted to share the gospel. Yes, okay, probably made that decision at some point in your life. I've, I've made a decision, I got to share the gospel. But he had an old fashioned barbershop where he basically used a straight edge razor for shaving. Okay, you picture it, you've seen him in the movies, right? And sure enough, next morning somebody's in, he sits down in the chair for a shave and a haircut. And the barber who's vigorously sharpening his razor, you know, on that strap, you've seen him in the movies, he turned to the man and said, friend, are you ready to meet God? Well, not surprisingly, the customer got up and ran out, apron and all. I mean, you could probably see where that barber needed to use a little bit different tack in sharing his faith. Probably not why he's sharpening his razor. You ready to meet God? You know, I read about a man who shared the gospel brilliantly, and it's an incredible example. You have to be like a lawyer, okay? I mean that in a very good way, you know, because a really good lawyer asks questions that they know the answer to already. So this person was going to be asking college students questions. He already knew where the answers were, but the college students didn't, of course. And he did a really smart thing. He took a cooler and he loaded it with ice and sodas and water bottles. And he took off, and just like we did 100 years ago in college, Guy's sitting out on the steps talking, you know, mixed group of people out there talking about everything. He walks up, he says, anybody want a cold one? And they're all like, yeah, 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 
I think, you know, and of course, then he found out he eh, got water and soda and stuff like that. But it was a great gesture. And he said, I really want to know uh, how is reality coming to college compared to your perception of what you thought it was going to be like? What a brilliant question. And, of course, they had to think about the answer, and they gave him answers and stuff. And he got into relationships. You know, he said, what do you think would happen if your, if your boyfriend or girlfriend, right, decided, you know, well, I, I still love you and all that, but, I, you know, I, I want to see other people. You know what I'm saying? Kind of one of those real-life college questions. And, of course, they, they didn't like it very much, and they, but they, it opened up quite a discussion. And then they got on to the topic of what love is. What do you think of love really is? What would be a good definition of love? And he had him really thinking. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? See, where he went with this whole thing. And then he said, let me give you a definition of love, and you tell me if you think this is a pretty good one. And he started quoting the Bible, of course. Paul's letter. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not hold grievances. Wow. You know, and of course, they were blown away as anybody if you had never heard that before. And somebody said, how about this as a definition of love? Wouldn't that blow your mind? You'd be like, wow, that just nailed it. And here it comes. He said, well, this may surprise you, but that's from the Bible. <sighs> Excuse me? They already just said that they loved it. They were saying that they loved something that was in the Bible. And now it was kind of hitting home. And isn't that a great way? I, I, I just thought, and I thought that's, I wanted to share that with you because it's a, I just think it's a great example and a model of how to, what do they call it, whimsically, you know, sharing your gospel. Not why you're sharpening your razor or anything like that, but that's a great way to the share. The sound of life. Yeah. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. We always think about the walls when we think of Jericho. Now I think about the people inside, fearful because they had heard the rumors, which turned out to be true about the people led by God, one God, and how, you know, waves had parted. They miraculously escaped the Israel, uh, the Egyptians. And uh, so anyway, they were very fearful. I think about those people inside. Sometimes we're inside walls like that. God needs to break them down. Today is uh, an anniversary. I kind of debating about whether to mention this or not, but um, he had something really great to say. And he had incredible humor. I don't think there's ever been anybody really like him. Robin Williams was born on this day, and everybody knows who he is, the actor and the comedian and everything, born in 1951. Turns out he was really struggling with some demons, wasn't he? Uh, it's really sad. I always remember, uh, and my favorite movie that he was in, well, how can you pick a favorite movie? But Good Morning Vietnam, simply because it was about radio. And it was based around a true time in radio and a real person. Adrian Cronauer was actually a real person that was in Armed Forces Radio in Saigon, in 1965, I believe, something like that. And when you hear Adrian Cronauer talk, you don't know why he was in radio. <laughs> About three seconds after he starts talking, you go, oh, I see. A lot different than Robin Williams' character, of course. He brought in that funny person. And Adrian Cronauer said, if I'd done half the stuff that Robin Williams did in the movie, I'd still be in prison. But um, he was there on the set. Adrian Cronow, the real one, was on the set, of course. As they were making the movie, he was advising and things. And he said, people want to know, what was Robin Williams really like? And he said, I don't know, because I never saw the real Robin Williams. I never saw him let down the funny Robin Williams. He, he just kept it up all the time. He kept up that facade, that image. And he was always making jokes and things all the time. I think he was probably a really great person. But the, f the fear inside those walls that he had created, you know, don't you just ache for that? And you wish he could bring it back. How many people in his life think, oh, if I'd have just mentioned something to him, you know, if I'd have just said that there's a light, there's a God who loves you, you know. And how do you know what people are going through? Because the walls are there. They're so thick like those Jericho walls. Absolutely incredible. But Robin Williams left us with a lot of quotes, of course. And um, he could really be really funny. 
Uh, he said, and remember this, there's no shame in failing. The only shame is not giving things your best shot. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. A little bit of news. How about a little sports news? Because i got to say congratulations to the NBA champ, right? Uh, a lot of people, after they were down uh, two games to nothing, the Phoenix didn't think they were going to pull it out, but they did thanks to their star player, Giannis Antetumpo. I'm not sure if I said it. He's, Giannis just said, just say it fast like you know what you're saying. That's what he said. Everybody calls him Giannis. You can see why. He's Greek. Uh, and Shout out to the Greek names all over the place. So he uh, scored 50 points in the Milwaukee Bucks NBA championship win. First one since 1971, you know, um, and they were down two games. Nothing, as I said, pretty amazing. But what I really wanted to tell you is that the Olympics basically have started already. I know the opening ceremony is Friday from Tokyo. Uh, a lot of prayer going into this from this end. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I think a lot of the, or maybe the entire U.S. team, they've decided to uh, not stay in the Olympic Village. And, and of course, all this because of COVID. Right? So, uh, but the uh, women's soccer team, the headline this morning was, can anybody beat the U.S. women's soccer team or European football, whatever they call it. They got the whole lineup right there. I'm going to post it for you because you may be a big fan, you know. And, um, yes, they can. <laughs> They've already lost the very first game. Uh was incredible. 4.30 this morning, if you uh, got I – mean, I'm, I'm thinking that's the Eastern time. I don't think they play it. You know, the Olympic Games at 4.30 in the morning. <clears throat> but uh, Sweden defeated them like three to nothing at 4.30 this morning already. So uh, I got the complete lineup, thanks to Sporting News, uh, of the whole thing that, where you can see them on which, cha which channels and who they're going to play and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, big team. So here we go right off the bat. I don't know. Maybe it's the year where the winning team gets behind by a couple, you know, just to give the other team hope. Right, and so then they were like, "Yeah, maybe we can beat them and stuff." So, oh, I know the star players. They were like, "Put it behind you, keep going," which is what you have to do. Waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning, sunshine. The sound of life. Oh boy, this is just amazing. Who thought of this? It's absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, every once in a while, something just comes as from out of left field, as they say. It's just incredible. Musicians in a neighborhood playing classical music. Uh, this particular one that you might see if you were in Wisconsin is Black String Triage Ensemble. They're classical musicians, and they play, you ready for this? At crime scenes after law enforcement teams have left. And their hope is that by playing music there, they can ease the pain, uh, basically, of nearby community members who may have been affected by it. It's not so much for the families involved, victims, if you will, but people in the neighborhood, right? Think about them. They had to look out the window. What's going on? All this, you know, maybe they went next door and they found out. People who are down the street, you know, somebody that owns a store, everybody that's in that space really is affected by this. And I just thought that was a really cool idea. Now, I also thought, Maybe maybe a song like that C.C. Winans Believe For It would be pretty good and appropriate, too. I don't know. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. So your kids, you know you're going to raise your kids up to be able to ask you for things. You know, can I borrow the car, right? Um, they ask you for certain foods, of course. Uh, they ask you for sneakers. Um, they ask you for clothes. But now a new survey is saying that they're not asking for new clothes. They're asking for your clothes. I'm like stunned by this. I, I don't believe it. And they said nearly six in 10 American kids admit to stealing one of their parents' old outfits to wear to school. It's got to be because something special was going on. VBS, <laughs> you know, play at school or something. I know there's a new survey out, of course. You know, they know how to do all that. Thousand kids, uh, age five to 18. There's this nostalgia for the fashion of their parents. 
and uh, they they said they think their parents' sense of style as a teenager <clears throat> was actually quote cool. The kids actually said that word. That's cool. Wow. They, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're not just longing for styles of the past. They're implementing them into their own wardrobes. Um, majority said they, they just love the retro fashion and find inspiration from the past for their daily school outfits. Wow. We, and they take mom jeans over skinny jeans any day. I don't know if that's right or not. I just, uh, that is really, that's really wild right there. I, I and mean, let me know if that's what you find right there. And they're not going to a school play or, you know, some kind of VBS play or something like that. That's uh, that's very interesting. I mean, it's one thing to go for our music, but to go for our clothes is weird. Plenty going on right now in the Twilight Zone that we don't know anything about, and I think we ought to stay clear. The Sound of Life. A little bit of diversity there this morning, I think. Thanks to Chris Tomlin. Now all that worked out, I remember a few years ago, which means it could be five years ago, <laughs> knowing, knowing me. But uh, a group, it's, it's two guys, they call themselves Florida Georgia Line. And I say all that because you may not be familiar with country music and not know who they are. They are big in country music, and they were doing a concert. Maybe it was in Texas where Chris Tomlin is, but they know each other. But, I mean, in the middle of their concert, they called Chris Tomlin up. And they didn't do their songs. They did his songs. They were singing worship songs in the middle of this concert. Things like that happen. And your, your jaw drops, doesn't it? It's like, whoa, wow, amazing. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. So I step up to the Chick-fil-A counter years ago. Get a sandwich, something, you know, and the bill comes to... Well, let me preface it by saying that I was I was taking temperature readings this morning in the in the transmitter sites in the in the buildings that the transmitter is in, just routine, just to make sure everything's okay. And uh, it's invariably when it comes up six six sixty six degrees, and then it does point because it's a computer. You know it. Then that the third dot is the third number is going to be six. You know it is. You just know it is. So it comes up six six six. I'm like, why? I just laugh. I'm like, why does that happen? Nine times out of ten, it can't be you know six six point two. Has to be six six point six. So I was in Chick Fil A and at the counter, and the bill came up to six dollars and sixty six cents. But being the Chick Fil A server that they are. You make eye contact. Nothing is said. Immediately, he adds an order of waffle fries, making the bill come to seven eighty, and then gives you a free lemonade on the side. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. How would you like to see Mercy Me in a studio acoustically just playing some guitars and having some fun? Now, there's a radio station in Nashville that does this. It's called Songs from a Mug. And so basically they have a mug and then they have little slips of paper in there that say, well, play your favorite song that you listen to on the bus or play your favorite rock and roll song or your favorite song in concert, whatever. Things like that. They come up with some pretty clever things. So you'll get to hear Mercy Me, Bart Miller, Mercy Me, that band right there you just heard. They do covers from the Beatles, Tom Petty, even ACDC. It's very interesting right there. And uh, I thought it was a lot of fun to listen to and watch them interact and do it and stuff. And it was amazed at their talent. So I thought, you know, if you just nod your head, mm -hmm, yeah, I would like to hear it. Then I will post that video and hope everything works out okay for you on the uh, Cup of Joe Moisture Facebook page. All right, so you can enjoy that. Waking up with a cup of Joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. Oh, man. Lena Abujamra. First of all, you got to preface it by saying, in case you don't know, she's single, she is a doctor. She is uh, specializes in pediatric medicine. She works in the emergency room in Chicago. So Lena starts out by saying there are two types of people in the world, those who worry and those who worry more. <laughs> you know, 
What do you think I was going to say? Right? Are you a worrier? You worry or worry more? That's kind of the way it is. We tend to. She said, I like to blame my worry on my genes, but I'm afraid it's much less complicated than that. I just worry simply because I'm a control freak. I worry because I want everything to work out exactly like I want it to. I worry because I stop believing God. The minute I feel that God isn't cooperating with my plan, I worry even more. So wherever you live, whatever you are, whatever you do, worry seems to be a fixture in our lives, doesn't it? And it doesn't have to be. God's solution to your worry problem, it's not complicated. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm, 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 mm. Praying God promises. That's the antidote to worry. And then uh, the reward when we do pray, it goes on to say, is a peace that passes all understanding. Boy, you've had that. Man, you got that. People don't understand it. You don't understand it. It is incredible. People want to know what's in your coffee, right? Wow. So Lena says, you know, stop worrying about whatever you're worried about. Will you stop long enough to pray about your worry? Mm-hmm. Okay. Watch God's peace wash over you today. All right. How badly do you want to overcome that worry in your life? Badly enough to pray? So just take the next five minutes. I know it's going to be tough. Pray, and, and I'm not going to do it with you, but praying through your problems. Ask God to give you his peace instead. All right? Okay. Loving that this morning. She's got a podcast out, and every week she puts out, or I guess regularly, she emails me the top 10 podcasts. And I thought, you might like to get a hold of that. I want to see if I can't post them on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Waking up with a cup of Joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Just checking out all the really cool VBS, you know, vacation Bible school themes they have nowadays. Man, when I was a kid, I didn't even think we had a theme. It was just VBS. You had... You had something to drink and cookies and a Bible verse to learn. <laughs> That's kind of it. I've noticed one of the uh, common um, themes in the themes, <clears throat> is that right? I didn't even say that right. Is like islands and mysteries or adventures or wilderness or rainforest, something like that. Uh, although there is one that's concrete cranes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's very interesting. Uh, there's a snow one. There's a knight's castle. That's kind of a pretty amazing thing. God's wonder lamb and stuff. You know them all, right? If you've ever done VBS, it's going on right now. We're in that season. The good old vacation Bible school, right? It's kind of cool. And you know uh, something? We interviewed these kids. Actually, you're going to like this because a big part of that, of course, is learning about God. You really want to have a child learn and be convinced, oh, yeah, there's God. God is real. God loves me. God will take care of me, and I want to know more as I grow. I would think, right, and that'd be kind of the theme, that there's always a memorization verse, all right? And believe it or not, if kids are lined up and you say, can you do that memory verse, perhaps at the end of the vacation Bible school, you know, uh, it was pretty impressive. I was very impressed. He's the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creations, for everything was created by him. He's a firstborn over all creation. <laughs> he is the image of the invisible God. Ooh, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him, in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all, all things, things have, have been, been created, created through him and for him. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Olympics going today. I shouldn't even tell you this because I don't want you to turn me off. You go watch TV. But I doubt the coverage this morning. If you want to see live opening ceremony at Tokyo Olympics at uh, 6.55, this morning, everything's on NBC. You can stream it. It's going to be one of those Olympics where we watch catch up probably in prime time in the evening. But uh, they um, tonight, 730, 
They'll be showing it over again. And I think I posted that uh, NBCOlympics.com. All right, on there. Just doing a little research. <laughs> and I laugh. I was looking at like the original Olympics, you know. The Summer Olympics were brutal, you know, and we have no idea. But I want to go over a little bit of this with you, not to get too graphic, but just because you can really appreciate, I mean, just about every step that you take today in clothes and in air conditioning and in, you know, transportation and buildings. I can go on and on. <clears throat> but in the in the original day, in the Summer Olympics were particularly brutal, I guess, because of the heat and the fact that the water tended to dry up. Fresh water tended to dry up. So you have people who have walked over 200 miles to come to be at the Olympics. If you were wealthy, then you had servants and they would build you a makeshift tent or whatever you know they they could carry stuff for you they could put up a place to stay if not you just stayed there on the ground i mean thousands and thousands of people with no fresh water and no toilets okay i just you know and food i just like they were must have been used to you know carrying bee sticks around or something i don't know but uh, they were, um, that's, that's kind of the, the beginnings of watching, of course, the athletes highly uh, thought of to, to win. I guess they went off and trained a month before the Olympics. They would go to a town. They would all go. Imagine that, an Olympic village, and train. It was brutal training. It was okay if you dropped out while you were in training. But once you got to the games, then it was a dishonor to drop out. If, As I said, if you win a particular sport, I'm, running was a big deal, uh, you were just so exalted. You were taken care of for the rest of your life for your town. I did learn something, though, that I thought was pretty amazing. Stadium. Everybody went to the stadium. Stadium actually means in Latin uh, standing. Standing is what stadium means. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. Olympics, talking about that um, this morning because the opening ceremonies happening. Unlike any other, you know, Charles Morris is saying, commenting today, uh, as much as we try to get back to normal, this is way unlike any Olympics ever been before with nobody in the stands. Imagine they're playing your national anthem. You're the gold medal winner, and there's nobody watching. Our friends, family, watching on a screen of some sort, okay? And it's all because of COVID, of course. So our prayer is that people will stay healthy there. The athletes and people working there will stay healthy. Um, but on a lighter note, I made a huge mistake because I was talking about the women's handball team, beach handball team from Sweden, I believe. The, but there was a, an issue over the uh, costume that they wear, the uniform that they wear, you know, and, um, and good for them, you know, wanting to wear something that they were comfortable in, that they felt modest in, if you will. And uh, anyway... But I said, it must be beach volleyball. It must be a different name for it. It's not. It's a different sport. I never heard of the sport. Women's handball. And my, one of my sons, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, women's handball, yeah. You can, like, dribble three times. You can uh, take three steps, you know. I saw it on a hard court. I was just watching a game between two teams, two women's teams. Uh, it's like on a basketball court, the net is like a soccer goal, all right, the ball is really strange because it's not as big as a volleyball, not as small as a softball. Somewhere in the middle, the women can all palm it, hold it in their hands, which they do a lot of, and they pass a lot. All right, Kind of like the original game of basketball when you couldn't dribble. But on the beach, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I guess they don't dribble. But I just wanted to correct that if you heard me talking about that. But women's beach handball, that is, that is one of the sports there. The new sports, uh, karate. Uh, sport climbing, uh, skateboarding, yeah, dude, baseball for the men, softball for the women. 474 more athletes are able to participate right now. We had uh, an opportunity to get a hold of the surfer there, find out what the conditions are like. Just like, like yeah. dude, you get the best barrels ever, dude. Uh -huh. Just like you pull in, 
and you just get spit right out oh. of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Whoop! Dro yeah. Drop down. Say, ah. And then after that, you just drop in, <laughs> just ride the barrel and get pitted. Whoa. So pitted Whoa, like that. Man. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Jesus calls us so clearly to love and help others. He doesn't mince words or speak in riddles either. He doesn't suggest we only help people who agree with us or who look like us. He doesn't let us off the hook because we already helped some other people some other time. He doesn't give guidelines for determining which of the weak are more deserving than others. No, Jesus calls us to help everyone in need. Right. He will put people in front of you that you need, right? Uh, maybe there's somebody that you feel resistant to. Of course, there are. Oh, boy, I've heard testimonies. I mean, if you think about a testimony, oh, man. Wow, I won't go into all that. Oh, no, I just, and, and I'd be, I would be just like that. I get a feeling that it's hard to explain. It's just in me. I know it's in me because God brings it out of me in a way that is, is just embarrassing to me. Nobody really knows, but me and God. And it's like, oh, and you just feel, oh, boy, you showed me. Anyway, that's a whole different book. We all have blind spots and stumbling blocks. Don't feel bad. I mean, uh, be careful. The, your enemy will attack your mind. Okay? All right. Jesus' love for each and every one of us is bigger than our blind spots. So here's the thing. Here's the Olympic thing to do today. Take time to talk, talk it over with God. Pray for God's guidance. And he'll show you. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you who to help. He'll put people right in front of you. The Sound of Life. Now, that was an incredible story. I'll, I'm going to post the link if it'll post on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. There is a man who turns out he's 66 years old, and he plays the piano outside of the Chick-fil-A in the Atlanta airport. So you may very well have gone through there and seen that. <clears throat> Trying to think. I think I know. I, I think I have, but I don't remember that. But a lot of people, you appreciate it. He's a jazz musician. He He's 66 years old. He um, and, and, and we know all this because Carlos Whitaker saw him and decided he'd go over and say hey and talk to him. He, he just felt led to, to talk to this guy. And then he found out that he's got this serious health condition. He has to get dialysis, I, I think, every night, according to this man. It's like a nine-hour procedure. It's amazing. He's not very healthy. I mean, he's, he's got serious issues there, 66 years old. And then he shows up at the airport every day to tap out jazzy melodies on the piano. And so Carlos Whitaker is on Instagram. Boy, is he ever on Instagram. I, I, I didn't know him but he said what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna get on my instagram i'm gonna ask my followers if they'll help you out you know we need to give you a big tip you need a, you need a big tip you got a tip jar over here got a couple of dollars in it but you know for what you do we need to give you a big tip and of course i'm sure the guy thought he must have been on candy camera or something something wasn't right about it <clears throat> but he uh he ended up, he got on Instagram, and boy, did he have fall, and they came in right away. And it took about 30 minutes later, and he told the man, he said, well, right now, I'm going to tell you, right now, I'm going to tip you $10,000. And the man <laughs> just blurted out. I mean, you know, I'm sure the, the, the street part of him came out thinking, and it would with anybody, you know, like, this is a joke. Come on, you know. But it wasn't. But he ended up. You know, because people kept on giving. And the man said, I, I got to, Carlos said, I got to get flight. I'm going to be late for my flight. I got to get out of here. And he put his mask on and took off. But the account has grown to $61,000. And uh, Piano Man's going to be <laughs> going to be pretty amazing there. I, I don't know how they're going to get the money from him. He didn't have a Venmo account, but he does have a number and they can keep in touch. And uh, it's really pretty good. It's a pretty cool story. It's been, everybody's got it, right? Um, it's funny. You know, he said, uh, Carlos said, you know, Tony is his name. Yeah, Tony. T-O-N-E-E. -E. Uh, I've got a friend that spells Tony T-O-N-E-Y. T-O-N-Y. I'll never be able to spell Tony right again, but that's okay. His playing really picked up speed, man. He had a little extra pep in his piano playing. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. Those of you who missed the wide world of sports on ABC, Rune Arledge created that years ago. 
He changed the way we looked at sports and the way we listened to sports. Yes, indeed. He was one of the most well-written opening lines I have ever heard in my life. How could you beat it, right? The, uh, the agony of defeat, showing defeat in a very graphic way. The thrill, uh, let was see, the agony of defeat, the, the uh, thrill of victory. It is the, um, I had it right there in my hand. The, the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory, the, oh, you got to help me out. The um, human, I know it was, uh, the, 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 oh, I, can't, I can't get it out. Um, it, uh, the, the uh, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Anyway, so, uh, but that was just an amazing, amazing writing, I thought. All that to say that when BBC Music Magazine, you're going to think this is really weird getting into this, but when BBC Music Magazine asked 150 uh, of the world's leading conductors to list what they believe to be the greatest symphonies ever written, Beethoven's third uh, Eroica, I believe it's how it's pronounced, came out on top. It means heroic. It was written during the turmoil of the French Revolution. It came out of Beethoven's own struggle as he was slowly losing his hearing. The music evokes extreme swings of emotion that express what it means to be human and alive while facing challenges. Through the wild swings of happiness, sadness, and eventual triumph, Beethoven's third symphony is regarded as a timeless tribute to the human spirit. But all great writing has something before that, usually. The Apostle Paul, in his first letter to the church at Corinth, deserves attention. Even though it's not inspired by a musical score, it is words that he uses. It rises in blessing, falls in sadness of soul-crushing conflict, rises again in the unison of gifted people working together and for one another and for the glory of God. The difference is that here we see the triumph of our human spirit as a tribute to the spirit of God. As Paul urges us to experience together the inexpressible love of Christ, he helps us see ourselves as called together by our Father, led by His Son, and inspired by His Spirit. Not for noise, but for our contribution to the greatest symphony of all. Pretty cool. Thanks to Mark DeHaan for that. Lord God, Father God, please enable us to see what we can be with others, with our eyes on your Son, our reliance on your Spirit, and with a growing awareness of what you can do with a noisemaker like us. Amen. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World of Sports. There, I got it. I knew I had it. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. But um, in her five previous trips to the Olympic Games, Tatiana McFadden has won 17 medals, seven of which were gold. Have you heard of her? Probably not. Unless you're really into the Paralympic Games, which happen all the time at, after, right after the Olympics, and they are coming up. She's a 32-year-old track and field athlete who was born with spina bifida. Okay. She debuted at 15 years old, and she's never been compensated like a superstar athlete she is. Until now. Yes, indeed. Let's hear it. Yep. It's, it's a happening thing. This is a huge difference right now. The 2021 Paralympic Summer Games in Tokyo, um, because of the coronavirus pandemic, will take place August 23rd through September the 5th. Uh, it'd be a historic moment for these para-athletes. For the first time ever, uh, Tatiana and her fellow Team USA will be paid the same as their Olympic counterparts for their medal wins. Now, you re and it is considerably amount, more amount of money than they were compensated. Now, it may not pay for everything. In a lot of cases, probably not. Could it compensate for all those years of not, of having to get money, fund yourself. Uh, it certainly will not heal them of whatever, you know, 
But it is a right step, I do believe, because she said, and I quote, I feel valued. That is the thing right there. She said, I know it sounds so sad to say, but after years of feeling as if the Paralympics were an afterthought, the increased payout makes me feel like we're just like any other athlete, just like any Olympian. Yes, and you should. It's a great article covering other athletes as well, too. A freelance writer by the name of Shannon Carlin, who lives in Brooklyn, um, wrote the article about it. It's really cool. And NBC will air a record 1,200 hours of Paralympic coverage because your abilities, it's about your abilities, not your disabilities. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.